My name is Duende, and I've come not to be healed, but because you have something which belongs to my people, something which is very dear to them, a stone, a healing stone. The stone was on loan to your country, and it must be returned. It was never meant to be used like this. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And uh, I um, I appreciate your guys' patience. We've been off for two weeks. Uh, one was planned, the other one was not planned. Uh, I do apologize for that. Real life happens. Uh, Terry is now, he, he's here with me in studio, in studio, in my house. He's seen that it has been, um, it's been torn asunder. There's other things going on. Life gets in the way. Sorry for the delay, everybody. So I hope you, I hope you've been well in the meantime. I'm glad that I'm back. Yeah, so, right. yeah, it's it's a hell house right now. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like Terry, don't mind the bodies. It's it was actually very similar to the bit in Breaking Bad where we're trying to dissolve a body in a tub, but it just broke through from one floor to the next. That's not true, but that's not untrue. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> not the body part. Like whatever. Anyway, we're I, back. Yeah, it's um. There was a brief bit in my house where I had the big plastic zipper doors, and I keep making the joke that I think an ET was inside of my house. That's what it felt like. I I felt like they were going to bring that big plastic umbilical cord into the house, and be like, "What? I can't get in. I can't go like make a frozen pizza." Like, no, there's an ET in here, and I'm I like, "I need sustenance now." And I was like, "Oh, all right, fine. Goddamn ET. All right, no, all right. So we're back. Hope you enjoyed our conversation about chameleon. Um, uh, you know that no. one. What? Was it Chameleon that was last our last discussion? Oh, yeah. We yeah, did Chameleon. chameleon. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, the, where the, the guy turned blue and became Lin Shea. I think that's what we talked okay. about last. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So, I thought you were saying that was the one we're doing now. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. no. We're getting into... Uh, Sorry, uh, sir. We're getting into a different uh, different portion. Where am I? Yeah. Who am I? I don't even I don't know. recognize this yeah, place. What is the... Like, the flooring isn't the same. I can tell you that. It's not. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, should, again, if this is first time listening, welcome to uh, Strange Highways. It is a Twilight Zone podcast where we're watching the Twilight Zone in order. Uh, we've covered the original series, Go Back. That's five seasons. Go find that. We've covered um, the Jordan Peele stuff. I guess we've covered that in order, but not chronologically comparing to what we're doing now. But we're getting into the 80s Twilight Zone. We're now officially into the third episode of season one. Uh, we've, we're doing them by segment by segment because we feel like that's a little bit more room to breathe and talk about each individual story as opposed to per episode. Hope you're here for the ride. We've enjoyed it so far. So there you go. 
Uh, we're getting it now to season one, episode three, segment A, called Healer, which I think this way it was written, I wrote a healer, which whatever, that's fine. Uh, air date was October 11th, 1985. Um, uh, number one song was Money for Nothing, Dire Straits. We've talked about that previously. Number one film, Commando, which is still on my list to watch. Riding Karen. strong. Yeah, I need to I need to watch Commando. I have not oh, seen that so yet. Oh, so good, I will, dude. I saw today on Facebook, um, just in the algorithm, somebody posted like, you know how like they have those like fake action figures figures for films and there was one for commando but it wasn't of uh what's his name what's his character's name matrix john matrix is that his name in commando i think that's his name something like that right it's just schwarzenegger right yeah well it's arnold's yeah yeah but the the action figure was for the log that he was carrying at the beginning of the movie so it was just a fake like onboard like log and not him so Hmm. i thought that was funny anyway not seeing it i need to see it um only uh, day and date news I have for you, Terry, is that it was October 11th. It uh, One day before, I had turned seven. So there you go. I was just this, you know, uh, toe-headed butterball running around on my mom's <laughs> letting me watch uh, watching Twilight Zone. Because clearly I remember this stuff. We've talked about this. So Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to remember this. Sure. I, I, you know, I probably got a number of Transformers that I was very happy getting. So there you go. You got trans- Wait a minute. You got Transformers when you were a kid? Yeah, I did. You son of a bitch. I didn't have many I of them. I didn't get Transformers. Yeah, I mean... Ugh. I had to buy my own when I was like twenty five. Oh well, I mean, I now have I now have rebought some of them. If you, like, I have some in my office here that you can see. Um, but yeah, I had a few. Like Transformers are cool. Like that. Yeah, uh, I know. Like I, those I are there. my favorites. That I mean, I got I had a couple GoBots. Who cares about those, right? And then, um, <laughs> uh, and then obviously, obviously, GI Joes. Like you could have eight thousand of them. And nah. then the old Star Wars figures had a bunch of those too. But Transformers, I loved Transformers. I loved something about something turning into another thing. I just just. Was was all about turtles that. turtles was Tur- my thing turtles turtles is yes. still my thing i was trying to yeah i was discussing this with my wife earlier there are new turtles coming out now that i can't help but want to mortgage our helm that's get. fine i don't i'm I, like no, dude I that's a life well lived dude, you know? they're great they're incredible and i need to get them so i follow i follow kevin eastman on uh facebook and he's constantly uh shilling his uh his wares of his artwork and signing toys so I'm like, yeah, I see all the turtles I want to. Like that, no, turtles. I was all about the Ninja Turtles as well. Uh, do you like? Do you remember? Like, and this is this is not this episode, everybody. So Brave welcome, aside. welcome to Toy Talk. Um, <laughs> uh, do you remember Rock Lords? Do you remember the the offshoot that they tried doing? It was just like trans. It wasn't Transformers brand, but they're like, hey, but what if we just had robots just turn into random shit? And there's something called Rock Lords that they would just turn into rocks. So you'd get like this lump that was like a blue lump. And you'd open it up, it'd be a robot. It's like, that's like, where are you going to go hide? A national park? Like, where, like, where is like, you're like, you're like, oh, it's like, man, I'm, I'm mildly inconvenienced by this large rock in the way. Like, it, it doesn't really. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't remember it quite, but oh, I, I feel like you've yeah. told me about it. I these. probably, I just, you know, I, I've never sang the gospel of the rock lords, but yeah, there we go. Or NECA is, something like NECA that. is hearing. Yeah, sure. And they're, <laughs> um, is it called rock lords? I, I'm going to, I'm going to look this up right now. Uh, well, into yes. a, into you know, our GoBots Rocklords. They were part of GoBots. <laughs> of course they were. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, let's see if they have some names. We have Boulder, Nugget, Granite, Marbles, pul- <laughs> Pulver Eyes. Uh, and then we end up having a uh, Flamestone, Sunstone. Like, just whatever. Anyway. It got cool. E- evil Rocklords of Magmar, Tombstone, Sticks and Stones. 
Yeah, these is like if you're like, Mom, I want I want um, Transformers. Like we have Transformers at home. It's like these are just it's Rock Lords. I don't want it anyway. That's neither there. I probably got a see Terry. I'm probably not remembering my birthday right. I probably got a bunch of Rock Lords and I was upset about it as opposed to Transformers. You know, I didn't get any of that, so yeah, I, I so. guess I was really disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, that, that that's uh that's your day and date. Uh, so yeah, we're getting into here season one episode three segment A healer. Uh, so Terry, tell us who did what here. All right. So our director on this is Sigmund Newfield Jr. Uh, he did a bunch of. Do you think that's a real name? No. <laughs> I, I don't. But yeah. He's so he's like you know I wrote this one segment of the Twilight Zone and I was also the co-creator of the Rock Lords. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but uh, he, he uh, did a bunch of uh, TV episodes of uh, Lassie, like the '80s version of okay. it, because it, it came back around. Uh, he also did Kojak, so that's kind of a like okay. a connection to the old that's cool. uh, Twilight Zone. And then T.J. Hooker, which again is a connection to the old T- uh, yeah, Twilight Zone. Yeah, because we got Shatner, and then we talked about Telly Savalas. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so. And then our writer on this is Alan Brenner. Yeah. Um, but this is kind of a confusing uh, note here. So as Michael... Bryant? Yeah. So uh, we'll like we'll get into the trivia later. Yeah. He wanted his name removed from this. We'll get into that a little later. So this is his second segment that he wrote for, or I should say, based upon something he wrote for the '80s Twilight Zone, and he had previously written Shatterday. And this is the last time we'll see Mr. Brenner uh, providing material. And he worked on some teleplays, you know, like consulting teleplay stuff and that. And, uh, um. So we just talked about him. So yeah, yeah, we'll move on here to our cast, and uh, we have uh, Eric uh, Bos- Bogosian. Bogosian. Yeah. Uh, it plays uh, Jackie Thomas. Uh, he goes by a different name in this, and we'll get to yeah. discuss that soon enough. Um, the thing I recognized him from was uh, Under Siege Two: Dark Territory. I've never seen as that, the villain. No, he's a good bad guy. He's a yeah. Really he has a look. He has a look, and he's even like there's bits here that's like you know he's punching above his weight in terms of like yeah, some of the things he the way sure. he carries himself. Um, I know him. He um, I didn't know this. He actually wrote a couple of plays that got nominated for Pulitzer Prizes, uh, but there was a, a a play that he wrote called Talk Radio that became an Oliver Stone movie where it is him playing like a kind of like um like a shock talk radio guy. And over the course of the night, people were calling in like these threats because um, I think it was because of his Jewish descent. And it's like this, the, the, the bulk of the movie takes place in the studio of him talking. Hmm. It's a very interesting and intense film. Um, so I remember from that, but he has, he has one of those looks that you've seen, right? Like, uh, he was also in Dolores Claiborne. He was a voice in Beavis and Butthead to America, Law and Order, Criminal Intent. He was recently in Uncut Gems, that film with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um, just, I, I like Eric Bogosian. Like, I think he, he has his, he has a particular voice. Like, um, he doesn't. It doesn't look the same, but he kind of gets me like, um, oh, what's the gentleman that, uh, like an Anthony Bourdain type of vibe. I got really confused for him to be the dude that was in uh, another uh, Dark City. Have you ever seen Dark City? I have. It's been forever, though. Looks very similar to that dude that was in Dark City. You yeah, know, it's, it's like very striking. Act. Like he has the crazy great eyes and he has a very, his voice is really cool. Like I, li- I like him. I've never been disappointed with anything I've ever seen him in. I like, yeah. I like Eric Bogosian. And then the next here we have uh, Vincent DeGraffnell. De- 
Uh, or Gar uh, Garfinia. So, no, I think it's Vincent Gardinia. Gardinia. Sure, whatever. Right, like, well, we got we got the Vincent. Parts I'm adding right. letters. Sure. Uh, so he plays Harry Falk. Uh, he was the thing I recognized him was Death Wish one and two. That's right. He was, uh, and like I the, just recently ran through like the first three of those films because I was well, sick and just wanted to watch some Death Wish. They're, they're ridiculous. Well, the first the first one's pretty serious. The second one so so, and then three becomes full on cartoon. But yeah, he's he's uh, one of the guys on the force. Um, you would also know him as Mister Mushnick from Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, when you see that guy, you're like, oh shit, I know that guy. Uh, he was nominated for best supporting actor at Oscar for twice. Once for, uh, bang the drum slowly, which I know the name. I don't know the movie and moonstruck. And his last role was, uh, in the Joe Pesci comedy, the super, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've not that. seen that. It's hilarious. Okay. Dude, I haven't seen it for probably 30 years now, but it is, a, it's funny. It, so check it out. Terry gives it. Three stars. Three stars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Out of two. Like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so next here, I have uh, Robert Castellano. Castiazzo. Yeah, I think, sure. Uh, I think that's, there we go. Yeah. Good. So he, he plays, plays Joe Rubello. Yeah. yeah. He was in Total Recall, Die Hard 2, and he did uh, voice work for Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Uh, he was also the father of um, Joey Tribbiani in the, the series Friends. He he reminded me of um, of well, you're talking about the voice work you're talking. About, he was Harvey Bullock in the Batman animated series right. and a lot of stuff. He also was uh, very familiar voice. Oh too, yeah, if you- he was uh, Commissioner Stinchler in the Sega CD game Sewer Shark, the, the, the Sega CD oh short-lived platform, right? But he, showing our ages. I man. always got him confused, and I forget the actor's name. He and the guy that was like the store owner and the crow. Um, they don't, they, uh, yeah, it's another yeah. Joe, <laughs> but like, but those guys look very similar. And I yeah. was like, is that the guy that was the one working the pawn shop? Like, and it's not him, but you couldn't convince me yeah, that he, it's not. He's yeah. passed away at yeah. this point. Yeah. But yeah. And then uh, next here, uh, we have, uh, Joaquin Martinez. Joaquin. Uh, yeah. As a uh, Duinda. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I we, have, we yeah. just went through this too. Oh my God. Eh, whatever. I'm, just, I'm uh, bad at pronouncing names. Yeah, and, 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 and these names are, they are unique, yeah. right? So I have so, him, I what I have for him credits-wise is Jeremiah Johnson. Uh, he was one of the natives in that at the end of the movie. Um, that's where, if people don't know Jeremiah Johnson, that's the the one with um, oh Robert Redford where you get like the um, the nodding gif now where it looks like the overweight Robert Redford with the beard where he's just like the slow nod like the, you know, Terry knows what I'm talking about where he's wearing like the leather and he has the big bushy beard and you're like, why is Chris yeah. Farley nodding at me? It's like, no, that's Robert Redford. Um, Jeremiah Johnson's a good movie. Uh, Die Another Day. Uh, he was in that Meatballs Part 2. Uh, um, so, yeah, uh, we've seen him in other places. Uh, uh, some episodes of Bonanza as well. So, yeah. And then that, that's all I had unless you want to... I have to, a couple more here to roll yeah. through. Uh, Adam Ferris is the Deaf Boy. Uh, I like that his name is Deaf Boy. Um, I'd, I'd like to see him go to like conventions and be like, Hey, you might know me as deaf boy. All right. Uh, two credits. He was also a murder. She wrote I mean, If you're going to, you know, if you're going to be in two shows in the eighties and CBS, that's the two, uh, joy Pankin as deaf boys, mom. That's her credit. She only had three credits. Uh, Ed Levy as first neighbor, 10 credits. He was in night court. Got to shout out that. Uh, and then let's see here. Anthony S Johnson is the guard, uh, in the museum, 46 credits. And he was also an Alfred Hitchcock presents, and then um, Lauren Levinson as Amanda's mom. I think Amanda's the girl that um, uh, was in the wheelchair. 
Um, first of two segments. So she was, she's going to show up again in twilight zone. She was also in like one of those raunchy sex comedies, vice Academy that, you know, kind of was the thing that happened in the eighties and nineties that would, you'd see like the, the neutered version on like USA up all night. So, okay. Yeah. All right. That's our cast. Um, any other notes you have there? Uh, no, okay. not well, on the cast. Yeah, let's just get into uh, Mr. Charles Aidman, Aidman's intro here, which is one of the more weird intros we've ever heard in terms of narration for The Twilight Zone. Ah, Jackie, Jackie. You're a small-timer, a roof crawler, a poke pincher, a nickel-and-dime grifter with salt in your dreams and ashes in your pocket. Don't cut that wire. Jackie, don't open that window. You won't be able to jimmy yourself out as easily as you got in. That's not the big score in there. It's the Twilight Zone. I'm not against different types of intros, but that one just felt weird where it's just like, eh? Eh, don't do it. Dude, it's the Twilight Zone. Watch out. Don't clip that wire. Oh, you did. Don't go inside. Don't make me unleash the Twilight Zone on you. Like, it's just weird. It, it, It didn't feel right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that that's that's our, our intro. So, um, yeah. Uh, Terry, where are we at here? So we get Jackie. Jackie is a a criminal. He's a thief. He's a poke pincher. He's breaking into a museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a weird, like you know, you're a poke pincher. I'm like, oh, do you know what a poke is? I. Sure. It's like a purse. It's like a wallet. Mm. Um, Like my, my mom uh, grew up out in California in the sixties. So um, she, um, you know, she never, never heard the term. And then when she got moved back to West Virginia, someone talked about a poke. She's like, what are you like? What are you talking about? So I'm like, I hear the term poke pincher. I'm like, Charles Aidman, this is the eighties. I don't think people use poke pincher. Like what what is this Gotham? Are you like, (laughs) does, uh, does Jackie work for the penguin? Like, some of these names here, they imply something of those like Batman villains, so yeah, I guess. Right. But so anyway, yeah. This poke pincher's breaking into this museum. So we get Jackie. Yeah. yeah. He he's breaking into the museum. And he has a pretty clear cut uh idea of what he wants out of this museum. I don't know if you recognize the fact that this dude is going right for something. Yeah. I mean it- if he was any more um, like direct with how he wanted to get in a museum and look at a thing, he would be um, all our, our friend from miniature going to the dollhouse and looking at the oh, tiny uh, woman. Robert Duvall. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he would be pressing his gla- his nose up against the glass, looking at the tiny woman. That's what he wanted, right? No, like he's like yeah, he sees this crystal, right? And he's like, I'm gonna go take it. And the crystal has like he sees that it's um, labeled as a religious talisman. And so he goes and cuts the wire around the box. Doesn't realize that a museum would probably have more than one security measure. Hmm. Ah, right. I've seen Hudson Hall. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Good call. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He didn't even have a song and dance number with, you know, um, Danny Aiello, like whatever. And, and Bruce Willis from Shatterday. Like you couldn't, you could have brought him in. Right. I had some Franks. Somebody Oscar took plan. notes. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, he goes to grab this and like he, and when he lifts the lid, he thinks it's okay, but it's not. So he grabs the crystal and then the alarm goes off and, he, and he's like, Oh, I got to cheese it. Here comes the fuzz. Right. So the security guard comes, comes running around. Um, and I just got to ask you, Terry, what do you, what does a, what does a gun gunshot sound like? Uh, well, 
I mean, is it this? That's not a gunshot. Like, listen to that. Like, what? What? It, that's that's not a like. I mean, maybe it's some type of firearm, but that's not a gunshot. That's, no, that sounds like um. That almost sounds like a sweetened up like um like Harrison Ford punch from like Indiana Jones. Like, you know, like, I don't understand it. That bugged me. It's like, so, but I also want to also put out the guards like, Hey, stop. And like with, without hesitation, he just opens fire on, on, uh, on Jackie and clips him as Jackie's on the way out. What was the other episode that we, uh, re- we recognized something very similar to that. It was an older episode from season five of the original series. And the dude just opened fire on, on like oh, a- I think I, it wasn't the Brayson or Whipples where the security guard just yeah. opens fire on the dude. Just, He's just, just like, start shooting it's like like, you son of a bitch you didn't learn anything from 20 years it's like wait a second like i think and it just shows you that property is more important than lives like we you think you know i'm glad that we're past that now (laughs) oh Hmm. it's it's sad because it's true anyway so yeah so the guard clips him uh, so Jackie gets hit in the gut and he drops to the ground outside. Like he falls. in a very serious manner, clips him. Yeah. Uh, clips him. It's yeah. like you know he's he's dying outside of the the museum at this point, and he's he's uh, grasping that that stone that he took had taken, and all of a sudden the stone starts glowing, and then something happens miraculously. Yeah, and Jackie's fine. Like it it, it healed him. Yeah, and he's like, "Cool." And then the then the police show up, and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta run out of here." You know, so yeah. he leaves, and then he business goes, is business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes back I, to where he lives, which I call Bum Towers, because everybody there seems to be like a criminal and a, like this terrible person. Wait, I know maybe a few people that might have been living there at that point. Mm. Sure, I mean, mm. like I'm sure that you and I were just one door down, right? So, yeah. um, and I'm just trying to sell people bootleg rock lords to people. I'm like, listen. <laughs> It's like it's not it's not a robot now, but it's given a chance. They're like, this is just a rock. I'm like, or is it? You know, like I'm just sea I'm monkeys. Like, I'm what? Like, yeah, I'm just like you got it. Like this rock, you got to really try to like the robots in there. You got to find it. No, so as he's there, like you get Jackie trying to consider like the nature of this, right? And that's whenever the neighbors are all like, "Oh no, this other guy's is dying that nobody understands that we know uh, Harry's dying," and then everybody's in there, and uh, Jackie rushes in. And he's like, oh, no, my friend that I like there's the start. This this episode doesn't do a good job of establishing any relationships, really. Right. So but then Jackie's like, oh, I have this Healy crystal that heals deadbeats. So maybe we'll this guy, too. <laughs> right. So he's like, sure. Call. Yeah. Right. And so then the thing's like, so he goes and he's like, please heal him. And then Harry wakes up and he's like, oh, shit, I was dying and you saved me. And it's like, cool. All right. So like so Harry understands the value of what happened. And right. Jackie explains to him too. He's like, "You didn't only just save me, but like you pulled me back from the dead." Too. Yeah, he's like, "I was floating above everything. I saw shit, and like you know, like you brought me back, right?" So, um, so then we, um, I, I wish at that point though, when he was holding the crystal, I wish instead of him holding it, that he would have taken it and tried just pounding it into his chest to like stab him, to, like with the crystal and be like, "Work, live, work, live. work, work," and it didn't, didn't happen that way, right? But like almost like you know, like you're jump starting a car. <laughs> Would have been great, but whatever. Anyway, so th- there's there's almost like so Harry realizes like from the jump um, that the jump start that um, that this is like something big, and it just kind of whiplashes right. Love like we can capitalize on this, 
And there's no timeline here either. No, it's like, there's no, like, so we immediately just jump to, uh, we get to that. They're now on the televangelism gigs. Right. And and, uh, Jackie goes from Jackie to brother John and that he heals people. Right. So it's a big deal. People come like from all around to get healed. Um, Jackie's the real deal. He's healing people. That's great. He brings, a, like, he makes a girl walk and everything. And Harry's there to be like, Hey everybody, you should provide love donations and you know, reasons, you know? And so the money's rolling in for the, this new ministry they've set up. Like, and I don't mind, I don't mind that kind of whiplash of like, Oh shit, we're both kind of con men. We can make money off of this. But when the con is real, like, I feel like there should be some nuance there and we get a little bit of it. We get a little bit of it where, uh, Jackie is like, he's kind of still in it for like the Holy shit, this rock works and I'm healing people. Um, so we still get that, like I'm doing good work and we're getting paid to do so. At least we, we, they, we get that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, this is a 20 minute story, but we've, we have seen previously in the twilight zone that 20 minutes can be as long and as short as you want it to be. And there is, there's not enough time to let certain things breathe. And then there's too much time kind of doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And I feel like that this episode's kind of guilty of showing us the things that we know repeatedly. So yeah. Anyway, they're televangelists. So this is the one time it's actually real <laughs> there. I guess that's your twist <laughs> versus all the rest of them. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean. So, um, so the crystal works like the little girl he heals can walk. And then and once they get back backstage, uh, Jackie is like, you know, like, Oh, it's been good to get something like this. It's been a while. And Harry's like, what are you talking about? He's like, basically he's like, we've not had like this kind of significant change for a bit. And Harry's like, Oh, I wasn't paying attention, but here's our numbers. We're doing well. We're about to go national satellite feed. All this money's coming in. Harry is seeing bigger, bigger things, right? Which it sucks even more to like analyze the story because, uh, you know, Jackie or John at this point now, like he sees that he's making a clear difference in people's lives, like saving lives in some scenarios. Uh, case in point, Harry. Yeah. But Harry, the person who was saved. He, from who, death. From death. Yeah. Came back and he's like, all he's concerned about is the money, the numbers, and just prospering from this in such a egotistical egotistical way yeah like, yeah he, he is a he's a villain now yeah i mean it's not it, i mean not to get too cynical but i'm going to like there's all oh what was the name of that book from years ago where it's like the boy that went to heaven or whatever bullshit story that was where the kid there was a story of a kid that died and came back and then like um um oh what was it called that's not their name of the book um like they they, they ended up making it a novel uh and um uh and it became a movie and it became this whole thing where it's like, um, it like, you know, it, yeah, the, the heaven is for real was the name heaven of the book. For real. Yeah. Okay. And it became a movie and it's like this whole thing of where this kid, you know, he was brought back, you know, from the, like from what we consider medical death. And then the parents are all like, Oh, he's this now this prophet and we got it like exploit it. And it's like, it's like anytime there's a legitimate, like what, what we believe that is like, this should not have happened. What you might consider a miracle, right? People are like, yeah, 
but what if we made money off of it? You know, like, so that's what this is, you know, and it's very, um, very disingenuous. And we see that like, you know, we know where Hank's at. We know, we, we also we know, see the hesitation in John. Yeah. Which I wish we would have gotten a, like, I wish we understood why he was breaking into the museum. I wish that we would have gotten a little bit more of like, if you're at this point where you're trying to cat burglar shit, like, like how bad are you off? Like, who do you owe money to? Like, where are we at with this? And why are you so focused on that thing? Yeah, that, I, that particular item. I mean, I don't need everything like, like tied up in a bow. But if we understand how, like how far out he is, and if we understand that maybe, I don't know, like if he's doing this because, yeah, he's breaking the law and committing crimes because he's trying to pay money for maybe a terminal, like family member. Sandman style. Like, yes. the, like the, the story of Sandman from, yeah. uh, from Spider-Man, like trying yeah, to like, save I his gotta daughter. Help, I got to help my kid, right? Like just... Like, what if there's some shit going on where it's like, I'm committing crimes, but I need to pay for those that I care about. And then we find out that he has the ability to heal them and that just changes course. Right. We don't get that. Anyway. So here, here's the story we're getting is that when Harry's bringing in more money, that's when we get Duende. Like, by the way, I just want to point out that Duende has uh, two powers. One is staying the obvious and just showing up out of nowhere. Every time you see this character, it's like, He's in like, where did you come from? He's like Batman. Yeah, it's just like, I just, it's just like, Oh, there you are. And then Duende's like, Hey, by the way, um, I know what that crystal is and I'm here for it. And everyone's like, nah, dude, like if you need a healing, come back later. He's like, I don't need healed. And this even gets more confusing. He's like, we know the power of this crystal. Our people lent it to be part of this museum exhibit. Uh, and you grabbed it under like, you know, you shouldn't have grabbed it. You're using it improperly. My thing is, if you have this healing crystal that we now know that does these amazing things, why would you just lend it to a museum just to be looked at? That seems like it's being underutilized. I don't uh, know. Yeah, just maybe. Sure. Maybe your 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 friends might have broken in and got it back before anybody else. <laughs> Not even that. It's just in. like, hey, aren't you like the world's greatest like cancer doctor? It's like, sure. It's like, did you just want to go be stared at for six months? Yeah, I just cancer can wait. <laughs> It just feels weird. It's like you would think that they'd be like, hey, um, this crystal does its job. How about this other one that doesn't do shit? What about all these rock lords over here I can, you can put in the museum? So you're saying that that people or, or, or you know, somebody who has control of a certain power might want to keep that control to themselves? I don't know. That's weird. What are you trying to say, Paul? I just, I'm just saying that if, you know, if Jesus could heal the sick and the blind and all that, he wouldn't be like, Hey, by the way, let me just chill in this museum for a bit. It just seems kind of, seems kind of peculiar to me that, um, you know, that all people would pay money to go look at you whenever you just want to go out and help the masses. I just, it does, it doesn't add up anyway. Peculiar. Yeah. So, (laughs) so Duende's like, Oh, now that I've told you that you're making profit off of this, like you have a choice here of give it to me or suffer the consequences. And Hank's like, Nope. You know what's better than healing people? Money. And so Hank's like, let's keep the, the money train rolling. And and Jackie's like, we should probably just get, like, it's been a good run. We should give it up. You know, fair enough. Fair play. 
Um, he's like, we have enough money to retire on. They could, they could have easily just like, like, you know, like uh smoke bombed and went out and has been done with it. But nah, Hank, Hank wants more. Everybody, that's the nature of this greed, 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 greed. And Duende's like, okay, well, you're about to learn the hard way. This isn't exactly going to work out. Yeah, so. You're not going to expect what's coming. Yeah, which feels a lot more ominous than what actually happens. Yeah, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, oh, what, what, what is uh, Duende trying to say here? Yeah, so then we get like at this nice little like palatial estate where they're both talking about like you know what's happening next, and then that's when we get um, uh, you know um, we get Joseph Rebello, the who was like we find out. Kind of, it's inferred that he was actually somebody of power that had control over Jackie when he was just like you know, you know, lower on the totem pole in terms of like crime and shit. Yeah, it seems like yeah. he was like a drug lord or something like that. And uh, Jackie was running um, some routes for him, and the one of the routes um, apparently wasn't he didn't do a good job because. Uh, his dudes were sent out to get him. Yeah. So now, what happens? We find out that um, that uh, uh, Joey's like, "Hey, is your um, is your thing for real in terms of like healing?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "It reveals like um, I have lung cancer. I have a few months to live. Like, can you do it?" And he's like, "Yeah, I can." But like, you know, like, what's the cost? And and we get this is the one time where we get that Jackie slash John is like selfish and lording over um, Joey or Joseph. And he eventually comes out to be like, it's going to be 2 million. I can heal you. And he's like, sure, whatever, just do it. And then surprise, surprise, the, the crystal doesn't work. Right. Um, also kind of, kind of rewind this back a second. We have, we have Harry sitting on like this weird, like chair and he's coughing earlier in the scene. I was like, Oh shit. We're about to find out that the crystals like kind of like undoing its effects because it's being used like improperly. That doesn't pay off with him. No, we don't, we, we don't, uh, come back to that at all. Yeah. That seems really strange to me. Yeah, because that feels like, I mean, not that not that everything has to follow into a trope and like the way it has to go, but I was like, ah, you know, that feels like that's part of the warning that we're getting. You know, anyway, so um, the, the crystal doesn't work. Uh, Joey isn't healed. Uh, Jackie slash John starts freaking out, rightfully so. So they go to like the next show and it's like, they're about to go live and then uh, uh, Jackie's like, give just give me somebody to heal. I need to figure out something, right? He's like, I'm freaking out. Uh, and, and, and like, he couldn't heal. Yeah. He couldn't heal Joe. Yeah. And like, was it Harry? He was like, yeah, I'll go grab, I'll just go grab this deaf kid. He won't even know what's going on or whatever. He grabs him, brings him backstage and it doesn't work again. And so Jackie's freaking out again. Um, at that point, that's when, um, you know, um, Duende, uh, shows up again. And, and now we have the, uh, here's the one thing, the really yes. important, uh, part is that, uh, J- uh, Jackie's, uh, bullet wound starts to that's open what, up. Yeah. Again. That's when Duende's like, Hey, you, you now realize what's going on. And then, so we get Jackie dying from the wound that was healed. And he's like, basically if like the whole thing comes from, if you're not coming from a position of like honesty and purity, this thing doesn't work and it will fall apart. Right. And that's what confused me about Harry's situation too. It's like, well, if that's happening to Jackie or John at this point, his new discovered uh, alter ego. Yeah. What's going on with Harry? Is his heart starting to fail? <laughs> Harry should be deader than a doornail, right? I mean, I everybody else that was healed since they came from a position of belief as set up by the rules of this, right? they should be okay, right? 
But these two sons of bitches should be out the door. Didn't recognize the power yeah. and respect the power. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Duende, like, really explaining what, <laughs> what's going on with this now. Like, really, like, forcing it home. Like, you didn't respect what this, this power was supposed to be in the first place. And now you're going to pay the repercussions. Yeah. And so what happens uh, is that uh, Harry's like, nah. I'll take all the money. You know, it's like, like basically like why split this 50 50 when I could take it hundred percent who knows where the money's going to be. I'll just take it. It's fine. So then Jackie wanders away. He's bleeding out. There's the deaf kid. And he's like, here kid have this crystal because you can't understand me because you're deaf, but maybe you should heal me. And then the one day is just going to be there again, watching on and be like, Good on you. He does the Robert Redford nod from Jeremiah Johnson or whatever, right? And then, and so then Jackie turns around and um, heals the kid with his like his deafness. Right? Yeah, and they do a round robin and yeah, heal like, each other. Yeah. And so we get him. We get Jackie being like, okay, I I understand and respect the power, right? And the kid gets healed, and the crystal gets handed back to Dewinde, and Jackie leaves like everything behind. Yeah, he and just. He, he walks past the marquee, too. For the brother John, like, let me help. And everybody's inside expecting a miracle. And he's like, you know what? I did see a miracle. And I believe differently. I'm not going to tell any of you about this. I'm out. Like, you know, just like, I'm in a better position. And leaving all these other people that have built faith in him just behind. You know, like, I don't think that was the point of the story. But that's what I think about kind of so kind of like self-centered and mean-spirited yeah weird right yeah for sure yeah for sure and here's harry what's going on with harry <laughs> is he I, still like healthy and going sure i have no idea right he's and, the biggest scumbag of them all because he exploited jackie yeah. i mean if you would have had this with him trying to calm the crowd with harry and they're like talking and then him just dying on like the pulpit that would have been something if you would have had jackie realizing that he's in a better place for this. And as he leaves, people are spilling out of the theater, asking, like requesting a miracle and they tear him apart. I could have got that behind that too. Right. Um, um, but none of that happens to have to Wendy, like be there right in front of all the people too. Like, yeah. Be like, look, I screwed up and I'm going to let you know why. Yeah. I'm not a prophet. Yeah. You know, like that would be that would have been a, something. A, Any, anything that we said here would have been better than what we got. Like I don't like. Okay, so the idea of somebody that runs into like the fantastic and the unbelievable, uh, and their life has changed and they're the better for it. That happens like every so often in the real world, and you hear these stories and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that occurred. Right. Um, like near death experiences. Miracles. Or, yeah. You know, however you want to define it, you know, yeah. like magnets, how do they work? I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, sometimes those clown, those clown posses are amazed by things too, but like you, know, you get all that where it's like, I was at my lowest and this showed up and I, and I've done better. Like you hear these things are like, they are um, like amazing. And it sounds like for, for all intents and purposes, Jackie is on the straight and narrow after this. Right. But it also feels like there's no consequence to this. Like, and in terms of like, he's walking away from money, but he's in a better spot personally. But there's so many people left hanging and there's so much damage in the wake because how many people 
um, now believe in these miracles that are never going to happen again. You know? Right. And like, and what happens is that you end up getting like, um, Oh, what happened one time I'm going to keep donating money or I'm going to keep showing up because it has to happen for me. It's the, it's the, it's the lottery ticket mentality of like, well, I saw somebody win the mega millions. It has to happen for me eventually because it's owed to me because I've put so much in. And that's why I'm concerned about Harry. Like what's Harry's character doing now? Like brother John, he had to go into dormant. Like yeah. he had he he has to gather power again. Speak to the Lord. Blah blah yeah. blah. You know, like what the hell's going on there? It's like any way you can spin this, like that yeah. sucks. It just yeah. everything here just feels like it feels half baked, mm. and it's it's not particularly good. Um, yeah, I th- this segment could have been something, and I'll, I'll put it to you. I was going to approach this episode two ways. One, we write a different episode, which I think we've give some, some options here. I think I know we're guilty of rewriting things. Sometimes this would have been worthy of it. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and not that we had to have like the darkest, like the darkest timeline or the darkest twilight zone ending, right. but like even something like I'll, I'll throw this to you. I, I, um, um, there was an episode from was it season one or season two of the original series, the purple Testament where the one gentleman during the wartime kept seeing in mirror reflections, that his some of his um, you know um, part people in his uh, his unit were going to die, and he had that burden because he knew about it. But there was a cost to be had for telling people like you're going to go. Like I, I think there there needs to be a cost put on this. Like what if we found out like that for every person that was healed, like um, unbeknownst to Jack, you see a dark shadow behind them, or or he takes on the ailment that he cured them of or he sacrificing his own existence. We don't know. Right. Or because of this, he has to visit their ailment upon somebody else. So in a way he becomes like, you know, the, you know, the, the, the judgment factor or something like there, there has to be some kind of cost to me for this would be interesting where it's like, you know, Oh, this is fantastic. But at what cost, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, it, yeah. Wendy was to say to them, like, John, like, you, you have to encounter some kind of pain towards the, 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 yeah, the people that are going to live now, like, well, whatever I, that is. And I'll, but it feels like to me that this is almost like a hall pass in the sense of like, um, the Shankara stones from, uh, Temple of Doom. Like that, like they worked for those that believed. And then like you got Mola Ram who just kept them because that was like this thing of like, you know, this is supposed to be powerful, but you never see the Shankara stones work for him. But he knows if he keeps them from those that believe that that withers their ability. It's like, there's a thing of like, they don't activate for me, but I'm okay because I have this power and influence and this dark magic but it's not helping anybody else. So I'll keep like, there's that weird kind of thing of like, I can see that too, you know, but this right. doesn't, I get 20 minutes. I understand that, but we've been, I think, um, one of, one of the things I really, 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 really like about the twilight zone and anthology in general is that you can let me exist in the headspace of whatever mythology you want to give me. There's, you can pull certain threads to make me wonder and make me believe for those 20 minutes, right? Um, that that I'm like, I'm all in. It's all imagination. Yeah. Right? It, I mean, that's really what it is. If I you mean, can believe in that 20 minutes, like what was it Richard Matheson said, that some of the stories, like if you went hour long, they'd kind of fall apart. But if you give me 20, 25 minutes, I'm in. Because it's like, you, you give me enough 
but you don't give me everything because then you're put in the position of the people in the problem. Right here. It's like, it doesn't give me anything. And it's frustrating because we don't know Jackie's background. We don't know what the stakes are involved. Um, we really, we understand that he's a hoodlum and a poke pincher, right? Whatever that is. Um, but that's it. We just know he's just a criminal and that's it. And he got a score, stumbled across a big thing that he, that Charles Aidman was warning him not to do. Like there's all these warnings about the bad coming. And other than him learning a lesson, this, this feels kind of like that milk toast. Like, um, this is one of those things that you would find. Like if, if there was like a, um, Oh, Forgive me, everybody. If there was like the Christian version of the Twilight Zone, I'd be like, well, he learned his lesson and he moved on. Like that's it. It's like, boop a doop a doo. He felt bad and Jesus forgave him. Ta da. That's it for, you know, the Christ part zone or whatever you want to call it. You know, I just blah. The, for the, for yeah. the narrator, too, especially. Like, I, I feel like there shouldn't have been any narration to this at all. Sure. Like, I mean, especially yeah. for what you get out of this. Like, the narrator didn't get, didn't no. give the the viewer anything. No, it's just like, oh yeah, he's still a scumbag. Yeah, he's egged him on. He was like, you don't want to do this. It's like, well, all said and done, Jackie ends up in a better place for himself. Nobody else does. Right. You know, like, like Hank seems to have money from what we know. We don't know what happens to him. The one, obviously, the kid can hear. The girl can walk. Everybody else that he's healed has been healed. Um, like, so like he's done. I guess in terms of the physical sense, more good than bad, but in terms of the wake that is left, it is very devastating. Like I, me personally, I, and Terry, I apologize. I'm going to cut you off here. I, I, I think these acts of faith that cannot be replicated, whether they are realistic or not do a lot of harm because then people will ignore the things in front of them, the precautions and um, not precautions, but the measures they can take to help themselves because they're just hoping that their number comes in that one day. And I think that's very unfair and I think that's very unloving, you know? So this is very frustrating to me because it is very much the, the, um, the arc and descent of a lot of televangelism, but for whatever reason, Jackie lands on his feet and moves on, which I don't think is fair. It's not. It's not fair at all. But then I also feel like uh, Duende is a douchebag as well yes. because, like, he has his power. His people. Easily... His people have this power. It's like, all right. So you're able to heal people, and there's a lot of dying, sick people that didn't deserve it yeah. in this world. So what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, this this whole thing's a muddled mess, and it's a frustrating. It, it, it is my um, so far of the limited things we've seen so far. It's my least favorite that we've seen. You know, like I, I'm not a fan of this, and I think that um, but the idea, um, this idea could have had legs. Um, yeah, I just you know, I could easily see something like this. There is uh, there's also that season three episode of the original Twilight Zone where it was called, what's it called? The Visitor? And that's not even, even the right name. Where it is basically a space Jesus comes down to a small town in Mexico. Um, like, it's not a great episode, but like nobody understands what he was there for. And they gut him down and they burn up his materials. And it turns out like the first couple pages is like the cure for cancer, but they ruined it. Like, there, there's things there, you know? Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. 
I don't know. Did you have anything else about the story here in proper? Well, I had one more note here. Yes. Um, in his introduction to new stories from the Twilight Zone, quote unquote, the series. Uh, yeah, it's a book of short stories that are like written, published. They're in a book of new stories from the Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah uh, executives, uh, story consultant, Alan Berment? Brenter, Brent, 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 yeah. Um admitted that he thought his script for Healer was so badly directed and acted that he took his name off of it. And his credited to Michael Bryant. Yes. Uh, he letter he later rewrote Healer as an expanded short story. Which I did not get a chance to read the short story, but yeah, he t- he changed his story credit. Like so when it got out there, he was so frustrated with it. He didn't want his name attached to it. Um, I don't know about the acting. I think the acting is perfectly okay for what is given. Eric, and Eric, how it was portrayed. Like Eric Bogosian yeah. is very, very sincere, right? Yeah. And everybody, everybody is like, you know, <laughs> what's, what's the statement? Um, like um, making a silk purse out of a sow's ear. I think they did okay. Like the acting is like the acting is not the problem with this. The problem with this is the script. And if Brennard's like, this thing got butchered. What did you submit as a script? That like I'm gonna put that at you. That's the best question. Like, about like, this. like the directing is very pedestrian, but that it's TV, and this isn't one of those ones that you need to have big dynamic shots and everything. Like I, you know, like I don't like the directing didn't take away from this. I mean, Duende's showing up randomly, but I also feel like that's a product of the script. You know, um, <laughs> at, least, at least thank Christ that they didn't have like a bunch of like Native American chants like around and all of a sudden Duende showed up. Like this is like Wayne's world two or something, you know, yeah. like, like at least they didn't do that. Um, I think they handled his character with respect. Um, you know, all things considered. Um, but it's just, I don't like the, what could have you done with this as a director to make this like to affect the outcome? It's very much like, you know, static shot, static shot, static shot. That's okay. I didn't come to this particular segment for like this big stylistic statement because it's very much a, uh, it's supposed to be a character piece. And I, I don't blame Eric Bogosian. I think he's very sincere at times. And he does a good job selling what he has to do. The, the actor that played Duende, I think he did okay. I think he did quite good, actually. And then like, and then Harry, or, or what, is it Harry? Yeah, the Harry. Vincent, does a good job, too. Yeah, yeah, the gentleman who played Harry. You know, like, that's fine. I, I don't blame the performances. If you have a shit script, you have a shit script. It doesn't matter who the director is. So I'm sorry, sorry, um, sorry, uh, I'm sorry, Alan Brenner. Um, <laughs> if you didn't give a good teleplay, you didn't give a good teleplay. But if that prompted you to actually write a better expanded version of the story, good on you, because at least you got the chance to revisit it. I, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of good pieces here, uh, and I don't really think it was a fault of the actors either. No. Like, it's just a matter of how it was like. Uh, connected like like all these different scenes. This should have been more of a needful thing scenario. Yeah, I mean, what I mean by that is that yes, you get what you want, but you're going to pay a price. Yeah, you know, like, and, and maybe maybe that's trite, maybe that's tropey, but I'd rather at least take that as a trajectory versus what we got, which is kind of nothing. This is eighty five, so like we could still present that to this audience as well too. So it's like. I mean, I don't think there's anything trite about that at all. Like, I, we could still create that kind of scenario of like, you make choices, 
this affects the people around you and that. And especially in, in Jackie or slash John's character, it's like he should have known better. And like we should have had more understanding of Jack's character, Jackie's yeah, character. Yeah. Like his motives, yep. and why is Harry such a scumbag too? Like we should have that's, understood his. That's character. why I felt like everybody was living on bum towers. Like it was like was it uh, uh what's from the Judge Dredd film Peach Trees? Like they're all jerks living there, you know. Like yeah. it was was uh, you know Skid Row, right? So whatever. It, it just yeah. <laughs> to, to quote something from you know something that uh, Vincent. Uh, uh, well, yeah, from uh, it was from yeah, uh, <laughs> Skid Row. Was that Skid Row? Yeah, like. He's like, you know what? Screw you guys. Yeah, screw you guys. I'm done being evangelist. I'm gonna go sell flowers. You know, and one of them will eat Steve Martin. (laughs) That's what's gonna happen. Um, Yeah, I just whatever. Just this was very frustrating. As much as I, I I wasn't a big fan of the previous segment of Chameleon because I felt like I just kind of was there and didn't do anything. This kind of does it too. But it's like, at least here, it's like you're giving me something here, and it just doesn't go anywhere. Um, I'm not like. Again, we're only what like what seven segments into this this new series. I'm sure we're going to find bangers that are going to blow our minds, right? And me being frustrated with this isn't a um, statement of the '80s Twilight Zone. It's anthology. We're going to dust ourselves off and we're going to go on to the next segment. I wasn't a fan of this. I don't think you were a fan of it as well, Terry. I feel like that was just kind of it was kind of there, and it was, it was just it is what it is. It was just kind of meh. There were pieces and parts that I enjoyed about this, but I wouldn't say that I'm a fan. Um, I think that if I... I need to seek out the story, like the that's initial fair. story. That's fair. So hopefully uh, that's good. I'll give you my notes on the next episode, and I will find it. Yeah, so all right. That's going to do it for our discussion about uh, Healer. I get, As is a customer here on the show, we're going to rate that twist. Uh, one being like meh, up to five of mind-blowing. So let's just rate that. Um, that the healing crystal would fail, um, you know, whenever shit turns sideways, I'm going to give that a one that, I mean, it just, it was very predictable of like, Oh, the thing works now. It doesn't work. I'm going to go with one again. Like, uh, I, on I my mean, behalf. like, is there another twist? There's no really character twist. Like there's nothing else here on it. Well, like, especially if you get a character like Wendy, like coming in and being like, Hey, quit being an asshole. Yeah. Um, Heed my warning? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Okay, okay. No, yeah, okay, you're great, gonna still great. be an asshole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One. <laughs> yeah, right. So there you go. So that's gonna do our for discussion about healer. Um, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Again, they they all can't be winners. Um, that's that's like you know that's Terry and I. We all can't be winners, right? That's, we we're we're gonna keep trying, but we all can't be winners. Same thing with us too. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. You guys can find us on Facebook uh, at Strange Highways. Um, I will have uh, some images of Eric Bogosian and his amazing eyes coming up this week. I hope everybody enjoyed the gif I posted a while ago of uh, the gentleman uh, turning into Lin Shay. I really enjoyed. I that. enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't know. What I it can't is. share it. I can't figure it out. But <laughs> <laughs> just it's just like. <laughs> Lin Shay, right? Like <laughs> we all hope to be Lin Shay. I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Uh, you, you guys can email us directly at, um, at strangehighwayspodcastgmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? So you can check us out on Instagram. Uh, we're always over there hanging out, doing our thing. 
sharing images that we don't uh, own. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. I like the idea that somehow we, we were, like, we're cultivating our own Twilight Zone imagery aside from the series. Like, it doesn't matter. Farm to table. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> or if you guys if you guys want to just buy some rock lords to slide into my DMs and let me know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Check us out over there. Um and then like Paul says, um, you know, please rate and review us, especially on Spotify. We are on there now. You can do the five star rating. If if you love us there, uh I know a few people have reached out to us recently and they have told us that we've given us a five star rating. They are not paid. But they are our loved ones. <laughs> yeah. They are part of the family now, and um, uh, you yeah, know, just conform. The, the more the merrier. The, if you if you are able to rate and review us and share it with your friends, like that only helps us because we're all we're all slaves to the algorithms. Yeah, right. So please, Sadly. please, please, if you enjoy the conversation, if you enjoy us, let other people know. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. We we greatly appreciate it. Now, uh, thank you, Bill. Bill, thank you for listening all the time. And uh, we won't know, tell. We won't say which Bill. But all the bills. Oh. <laughs> you all know who you are. It's you, <laughs> Bills, Williams, Billiams. You're all. You're all. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate you all. So. Yeah, let's go do our discussion about Healer. Um, let's just get into what we're doing next. And now, Mr. Serling. All right, uh, next part here is going to be Season 1, Episode 3, Segment B, Children's Zoo. Um, I remember this one vaguely. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's more of a weirder thing. So it's going to be our second segment of Episode 3. Um, the, uh, Wes Craven is going to be an actor in this. So I, I don't know if you know that Terry or not. We're gonna see we're gonna see Wes Craven in Children's Zoo. I am pretty interested in talking about this episode. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy us there for that. Uh, in the meantime, have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, I mean, if you're gonna shoot guns, don't do this. That's a that's a really really dumb gun sound. And also, um, I don't know. Don't break into museums and grab crystals. Um, I mean, if you need five bucks, just reach out. We can help out. Uh, listen to the healing power of the soul.